Now, I would love to be able to do this in sign language. I have a neighbor who's taught me a little bit. She does sign language. She's deaf. And, but the gestures I've learned, I can't use in church. <laughs> so, when I do learn appropriate gestures, I'd love to do this in sign language. I am sending you out like sheep into the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Beware of them, for they will hand you over to councils and flog you in their synagogues. And you will be dragged before governors and kings because of me, as a testimony to them and the Gentiles. When they hand you over, do not worry about how you are to speak or what you are to say. For what you are to say will be given to you at that time. For it is not you who speak, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. Sibling will betray sibling to death, and a father his child. And children will rise against parents and have them put to death. And you will be hated by all because of my name. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. When they persecute you in this town, flee to the next. For truly, I tell you, you will not have finished going through all the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. I wanted to talk about the, the, the passage that was just read to us. I want to set the scene for you. The followers of Jesus, we're talking about right now the, uh, the, the 12 people that, that uh, were kind of Jesus's close by buddies. They're kind of getting into the whole thing there. They're seeing some cool things. They're seeing the, um, the, 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 the people being healed. They're seeing uh, miracles they're hearing talk that is, sounds like somebody talking with authority. They, they're, they're hearing something that is brand new and exciting to them, and they get to be a part of it. If, if, it's almost like uh, a, a, a rock star comes into town, and you're the guy that, or the girl that gets to kind of be with them. They're, you're the buddy that gets to hang out with them. And you see all these people kind of flooding and everything and, and uh, uh, wanting to meet them and being part of that. And it's, it's really exciting. And it's really kind of awe-inspiring. And so the, the disciples are getting kind of uh, filled with this, um, this is just great. This is really, really great. But Jesus tries to send a little bit of a warning to them. Because as we know as Christians, there are good days and then there are bad days. There are days when we first accept Jesus, you know, and we're just, oh, nothing can go wrong. And then it does, and we think, wow, this is still, you know, the world is still the world. The, the world is still a wild and untamed place. We are just Christians among it. And so Jesus is trying to tell them that even though you think that this is just neato, it's gonna, there's going to be times that you are going to have to endure where the real world kind of just hits you in the face a little bit. And he tells them, be, be, be mindful of this. There are going to be times where this message that I am giving will fall on people that will feel threatened by it. So much so that they're going to want to put you out. You are going to be persecuted. You are going to be chastised. You are going to be challenged. The word that I am spreading is a word that many people will find threatening. Families will turn against families. 
Brothers against brothers, sisters against sisters, people against people. He's trying to tell them that if you are really about this, if you really want this, you have to know that it is going to be there through the good times and it's going to be there through the bad times. And Jesus wants to make sure that they understand that. Because in the first century, there were people that did not like this Christian faith that was started. And the thing that they were scared of the most was the fact that these guys were allowing people in. Truthfully, that's what frightened the powers that be. Because when you're a powerful person, when you are a leader, when you have the control, you get to control that. But you don't get to stop the insecurities that you have. As a matter of fact, a lot of people that are in control actually have more insecurities because once they get that control, they are scared to death of losing it. And so they try to threaten people. They try to hide people. They don't want freedom. They don't want people to have choices. They don't want people to be able to come and go as they please. They want to stop that so that they can remain in the power that they have. And suddenly, they're seeing this person, a, a, a mere peasant, walking around and saying, you're important, you're important, you're important, you're loved, you're loved. And it's scaring them to death. And Jesus knows this. And so he's warning his disciples to be mindful of this. And also not to worry. Because he said, when the time comes, when, when those things happen in your life, I'll be there to help you figure out what to say and how to deal with this. Again, Jesus is making a promise in this statement that even during the bad times, I'm not leaving you. I'm going to be there with you. Let's jump ahead 2,000 years. Did you feel that? Yeah, got the wind knocked out of me. Um, we have taken this as, we've, we've, we've misunderstood it. We have become, as Christians, so defensive. We think that everything is a threat to our Christianity. You hear it around Christmas all the time. Somebody says, happy holidays. You're like, oh! That's a threat to my Christianity. 2,000 years ago, Jesus was talking about people getting the snot kicked out of them. We're worried about what people put on their Starbucks cup. We think that Christianity is this. this and this is how we act. This is how Christians act. We, we start to, you know, we get in an affront like this and we start to tell everyone, you know, that you're supposed to stay away from me and no, you can't do that. And we start to try to control. And suddenly, we're the ones that are flaunting the power and the control. And we're the ones that are insecure. There's a, there's a statement, you're still laughing at that. That's a good picture there. <laughs> Uh, that might be my Facebook page. 
yeah, my business card. Yeah, that'll scare them. There's another passage that comes later uh, that is, uh, was written by Paul that a lot of people, when they take this affront, when they take this, uh, this feeling of we, everything is offensive, everything is going to bother us, everything is a threat to our faith, Paul tries to set us up, but people have used this part and have mis- distorted it as well. I'm going to read this to you. It says, from Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, it says, Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his power. Put on the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For our struggle is not against blood and flesh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Right there, what he's talking about is that the things that you're going to face, the things that are going to give you an affront are not the people that you see, but actually more, um, it's, it's more layered than that. It's more beyond that. Okay, he continues. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God so that you may be able to withstand on the evil day and having prevailed against everything to stand firm. Stand, therefore, and belt your waist with truth and put on the breastplate of righteousness and lace up your sandals in preparation for the gospel of peace. With all these things, take the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all of the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Paul at that time was trying to tell people that the armor that he's talking about is not the armor that you see here. That ain't it. But yet, when you go into Christian stores, you see statues of this and it says the armor of God on it. And you see people dressed like this and carrying swords and all of this kind of stuff. The movement that Jesus was trying to start 2,000 years ago was the opposite of what you see here. It was none of this. And that's what Jesus is trying to tell people 2,000 years ago, is that when you face that persecution, when you face that evil, this is not the way to handle it. So many times, we think that if you come after me, I, I'm righteous because I'm right. So he's the evil one. And then I get to come after him with as much hatred as he did to me. That's how we, we work in our society. Somebody affronts us, we affront them. And as Christians... We've taken that fight even more. We've, we've taken it to a next level. We have become the power and the control, and we find everybody that is offensive, that's everybody that is not like us, is offensive. And now we want to show that power. We want to show that control. We want to be that armor of God. When Paul says the armor of God is peace, is faith, Jesus never wore this. The disciples never wore this. 
They wore this. Doesn't that look better? Yeah. The thing I like about this is you can gain as much weight as you want, and you can just keep wearing that. That's, it's still comfortable. As Christians, we will face times that are troubling. As Christians, we will face times when people will tell us that they want nothing to do with us. But sadly, a lot of people are saying that they don't want anything to do with Christianity because their view of Christianity has become distorted because people that have been calling themselves Christians are doing really, really hateful things. They're being, um, they're being the persecutors now. The table has, has turned. 2,000 years, Jesus was warning people to beware of those that are persecuting you. And what he was talking about that, at that time were, were really figures that were saying, you cannot welcome those people. You cannot bring in that stranger. You cannot make that go and feed that, and you can't do that, and you can't bring them in here. You cannot do that. That was what was threatening them at the time, and that's because what the Jesus movement was doing at that time. They weren't just walking around and preaching to people. They were going to people that were considered outcasts, and they were welcoming them inside. They were healing people that people thought that uh, were, were broken in spirit, and because God was angry at them, Jesus was saying, that's not true. You are loved. The Jesus movement was feeding the hungry. It was, did you know that uh, the Christian movement was one of the first uh, times in the first century that expanded education? Because they wanted people to have knowledge. They wanted people to have freedom. They wanted people to make their choices. They wanted people to be included and as equals. And that's where the government at that time was trying to shut him down because it was a threat. This message of love, kindness, and acceptance is a threat to some people. And today, that message of love, kindness, is a threat to people that call themselves Christians. The challenge we have today is if you truly, truly, truly want to call yourself a Christian, that means that you are saying to the world, I follow Jesus Christ. It's not saying that you follow politicians. It's not saying that you follow uh, hateful rhetoric. It's saying that you follow this person that came in poverty and welcomed people and loved them for who they were and spread this message of kindness, of love, told people not to judge, told people not to treat people poorly, told people that your job is to love each other as much as I love you. Remember, this is a Jesus that hung on a cross and did all that stuff. Ouch. That hurts. It's an icky thing. And he was willing to do that because he loved us. 
Are we, as Christians today, are we truly willing to do that? To the ones we love, to the ones we've never met. This is a deep and simple church. The reason we call it deep and simple is because we don't have a, a, a lot of bells and whistles. We don't have a lot of um, uh, things. And it's deep because we talk about this message of love, this message of kindness, this message that Christ calls us to do. And it should be inspiring to us, and it should be challenging to us. Because when Jesus says, love your neighbor, he means it. And as we know, some neighbors are really hard to love. Some of those hand gestures that you were talking about, I've received many of them. Sometimes standing up here, how dare you? But we do have that challenge. And so when the forces come after us, when the negativity comes after us, we are not called to fight it with more negativity and more hatred and more bullying. We do not stand and say that we are noble and righteous because we have villainized somebody else that doesn't agree with us, whatever side you're on. The message of Christ is to love people. The message of Christ is to say that you are loved. The message of Christ is to say that you are welcome here. The message of Christ is to say, uh, how can I help you? And the message of Christ is to say, even during the good times and the hard times, we walk together. Are we willing to do that? Are we willing to do that? Would you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, being a Christian sounds easy, but even as you tried to tell us 2,000 years ago, sometimes it's not. Help us to hear your words that you give us during those hard times. When we want to be hateful help us help us to love help us to be kind help us to see each other the way that you see us in Jesus name Lord we pray amen love is all we have uh, that's what we give away that's what we share that's what makes us who we are that's what makes us Christian I believe that God is defined by love and our following of Christ is defined by the love that we share. May we go out today and share it. Whoever you are, whatever your story, whatever you come from, whatever path you're on, I want you to know that you are welcomed here. And we will walk that path together. Amen.